You ever wonder why we're here? Uh, well, clearly we're in limbo, so we're here to make amends for all of our past wrongdoings. Uh, otherwise, you know, look at all these demons, motherfuckers. Okay, but this isn't your lost podcast. <laughs> Spoilers! RVB Recall, we are having a grand old time tonight, as you can tell, and we are talking about Season 17, Episode 7, Limbo. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. Hey, everybody. And I am enjoying Donut in this episode a lot. It's almost as though he's mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. And instead of leaning out his window to say that, he just yelled it at his friends, which, good, good. They needed to hear that. And I think I might have put the cart before the horse a little bit here. Let's uh, let's pick up where we left off and talk about Huggins. And more to the point, talk about Huggins' parents. This was such a delight. I'm so happy they're not dead. <laughs> Light is information and cannot be destroyed. Uh, yeah, their names are Gerald and Cheryl, which I love it. I love it more than I should. I love the rhyming names. And I guess Muggins is her brother. So we have Gerald and Cheryl and Huggins and Muggins because this family. And I guess there are families that do this. Like you have twins and you name them rhyming names or theme names or whatever. Or you have a name that's just passed down through the generations. So I'm just kind of adoring this. I adore the rhyming names, but... I, I will be honest, I don't know anybody, I didn't know anybody growing up who did the, the rhyming name thing, but I did know a family growing up who, they had like six kids, they gave them all A names. I mean, it could be worse. You could name all your kids George after yourself. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. George Foreman did that. How many times can you actually do that? <laughs> like, just from a variety standpoint. About six. Because there's George and Georgia and Georgina maybe oh no George George Jr. George the second George the third I think there might be a Georgina in there but they are all named George wouldn't George Jr. be George the second I don't know <laughs> we're talking about George Foreman here he used to wrestle and now he makes grills like, I don't know. Because then you have two George Twos. George Two, the Georgianing. It would make sense if George Jr. was George the Second, and then George the Second was then George Squared by default. You are attempting to apply logic to George Foreman. We're going to move on from that. I mean, good for George. I mean, for being able to come up with such a variety of George names. But he didn't. They're all just George. <laughs> it's, all <the> <laughs> it's all the same. Uh, with Gerald and Cheryl, though, I was curious because we have that reference to Norse mythology when it comes to Huggins and Muggins in particular uh, because they're supposed to be analogous to Odin's crows. I was wondering if Gerald and Cheryl had that same uh, sort of Norse 
mythology inspiration and I checked out the red versus blue Wikipedia and as of yet there's nothing there so if anybody out there happens to have any knowledge of any sort of mythology or specifically Norse mythology for what Gerald and Cheryl might be analogous to hit us up I like to think they were named after someone's extremely Minnesotan aunt and uncle so we have the rhyming names we have Gerald and Cheryl we have Huggins and Muggins and we have the black hole which is evidently the end of the universe kind of universes drain into black holes and then they loop which means that later on we get time is made of circles i am familiar with the concept which is the throwback i've been waiting for ever since we started doing time travel that was an excellent throwback and we've been making that joke all season um i really like that revelation um you know because this episode starts off with Huggins staring into the heart of a black hole and you know we get that heartfelt reunion with her parents and everything like that actually it's not super heartfelt they're really nonchalant about the whole thing which tells us I think that the universe ending you know being drained into a black hole and then beginning again that's a process that they're very very familiar with I think because they got sucked into a black hole and they have the ability to sort of travel through time I think as a result time is sort of laissez-faire to them it doesn't really matter how long they've been away from her it's kind of like all right well we're not dead we're just here great so you make dinner and then you kind of watch tv until you until the kids get home and you eat that's kind of how I saw this interaction. And of course, it means a lot more to Huggins because she's been doing linear time and her parents were killed by a black hole and oh my god, oh my god, they're alive. So yeah, the two very, very different reactions. I like any concept. You know, I, one, I think that makes for a very interesting dynamic whenever you have characters who time works sort of differently for them. Um, but I love concepts where time is a loop, where, you know, the universe ends and then begins again. I really like stories that delve into that. Um, and the, that whole time discrepancy thing between how her parents are experiencing time and how she's experiencing time, it actually reminds me of a thing in a Discworld book. Um, do you remember? I don't, I think it's going postal. Uh, there happens to be a character in that book who is a golem and it's his job to deliver a package to I think it's a civilization that was destroyed <laughs> and um, uh, spoiler alert uh, at one point in the book that golem gets killed and meeting with death death is like okay it's time for you to move on and the golem instead goes no 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 I'll wait time's gonna loop back around eventually I have a package to deliver and so that's kind of what I the I that was the first time I ever sort of came across a character like that wh who looked at time in that regard and I always really appreciated it and it stuck with me so knowing that red versus blue is dipping its toes into time loops like that I kind of like the idea that Gerald and Cheryl are kind of like that golem right now Admittedly, I kind of like the golem better, and I actually went to go find my copy of Going Postal, and I don't know where it is, and that's upsetting. So, <laughs> Did you lend it to someone? I don't know, but it's not on the... It might be buried in my room somewhere. It's just it's not on the shelf right now, and that's one that I got from London, so there's not a lot of replacing that one. 
whatever. It'll turn up. They always do. Uh, <laughs> All you have to do is wait for the universe to loop back around and you'll be able to find it. I might have to get the librarian to help me, but he can be bribed with bananas and flattery. So it'll turn up somewhere. It'll be fine. They always do. Welcome to our new Discworld podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by Rooster Team Radio. Um, If you're not reading Discworld books, you should be. And going postal is a very good place to start. Anyway... Turns out that a paradox clogs up the works when it comes to the universe looping, so now Huggins has to go find the paradox creators, which is, of course, the reds and blues, those sons of bitches. So she meanders over to Blood Gulch, going not quite the speed of light, and finds Caboose there, because Caboose, God bless him, has learned how to time travel on his own. Which to me is hysterical because we get this, let's get everyone up to speed, you know, let's do this. And then the caboose goes, yeah, I'll leave that up to you. I'm going to go fix the past and does the little thing. And just the reaction of Wash looking at him is, is caboose a genius? <laughs> and Sarge not really wanting to live in that reality. Like, is caboose a genius? Is something that I think I need on a shirt? along with a design of Caboose with calculus in front of his face. In much the same way, there's that gif of the woman looking really confused with, like, all the numbers moving in front of her. Yeah, that's that's what I want. Get on that, Rooster Teeth. I would wear that. But yeah, is Caboose a genius is, I think, my second favorite line read of this episode. I, I quite enjoyed this. I also very much enjoyed Huggins in talking with Caboose and trying to get on the same page as him, doing the visual interpretation of just how completely hecked up she is. Visually speaking, it's excellent framing, too. Um, I always appreciate any time there's a good shot of the actual Halo rings. And I think I mentioned that when we had that opening with... Um, Genkins a couple episodes ago. You okay? It's been on my shelf the whole time! I told you they'd always turn up. It's L's base at work. Hooray! Hooray! Anyway. This is gonna be fucking fun to edit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is Are so you? scattered. <laughs> Look, we're seeing Endgame in two hours. My brain is fucked. Um, <laughs> there's your blooper audio. Yeah, no, this, this was just... A beautiful little conversation. I loved it. It was wonderful. It was terrible. And I sincerely hope that in the next episode we get back to it and see where the conversation goes from there. I think this was a good reminder, too, for Huggins. Because I, I imagine, like, learning her parents are alive and that time doesn't quite work in the way that they thought. And the fact that um, I think this was a good reminder for her how she left Griff. Because she walked away mad. She walked away really mad that they were getting ready to do what they were about to do. Uh, because she was right. She, they were going to cause a paradox. That's exactly what happened. But hearing Caboose deliver that information to her in that particular way, I think it's a good reminder of like, oh yeah, you stormed out on your friend. And I like to see characters outside of the reds and blues realizing that there's more to Caboose because that's something that the Reds and Blues picked up on seasons ago and they just kind of roll with it. They're not ready to accept that he might be a genius, <laughs> but 
they're absolutely down with, oh yeah, this is Caboose. He occasionally knows shit and says pithy or emotionally intelligent things. And that's just what he does. He's Caboose. He's ours. Yeah, he was the one out of everybody who, when the first rift in time and space was made, recognized the importance of putting the rest of the world before yourself. Because had he had he done what Tucker was encouraging him to do, and yeah, just grab Church and pull him through, like time and space would have collapsed in on, on itself right then and there. So Caboose is always, he's always had everybody's best interests at heart, and even when it breaks his own. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing their dynamic, um, especially since... Uh, Caboose has a very interesting way of putting things. And so, yeah, I think if she starts talking about Griff and how she's mad at him, I feel like Caboose is going to provide a different perspective. I think you're right. Yeah, this is just another one of those episodes. It's like, this is so well written, and I really like this and this and this. This whole season's been incredibly strong. Before we move on to our next point, we'd like to give you a word from our sponsor. Rooster Team Radio is sponsored by Fred's BS. Breads and spreads by Fred. Fred's BS is an L.A. local one-man baked goods business that offers unique flavors in small batches. Whether you're looking for homemade jams, brownies, blondies, or brown sugar buddies, the best cookies you've ever had, Fred's BS can provide. All products are made in small batches with fresh ingredients, nothing is ever frozen, and Fred provides a plethora of flavors that can't be found in stores, like the aforementioned brown sugar buddies or his strawberry peach paradise sunrise jam. Also, if you're L.A. local, you can choose pickup instead of delivery and get your goods even sooner. Head to fredsbs.com and use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. That's fredsbs.com, F-R-E-D-S-B-S.com, and coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM. Fred's BS. Treat yourself, because you deserve it. Legitimately, right now, all my notes say is Kai fucking with Tucker slash purgatory. Which is pretty much this, but I do love just Doc trying so hard to be like, we need to give him medical care, can't we take care of him? And Kai just, I'm him from the future, I'm his future kid. I, it's just this long litany of ways that she wants to mess with him. And on one hand, I get it, and on the other hand, I was cringing so badly watching this the first time just like oh embarrassment porn is not my thing it's funny that you have this very cringy reaction to it um because when she's going through you know after doc leaves because he's like i'm out nope i i want no part of this um and she goes through that monologue i swear to god i could have watched an entire episode of a her just coming up with different ways of describing limbo <laughs> because it's a demon there are demons here welcome to hell motherfucker was pretty awesome there's no god here there's no jesus either <laughs> watching sister come up with these scenarios in the same way that you get those compilations of uh, ice cube from i think special victims unit making those metaphors i was stealing john mulaney's joke yes <laughs> Yeah, I see you got it. <laughs> Honestly, I'd forgotten that John Mulaney had made that joke. <laughs> I am not a Mulaney encyclopedia. Then why were you thinking about <laughs> Law and Order? Anyway, obviously we need to get Ice Cube to guest for a hot second in much the same way he did on SNL for that Game okay, of Thrones Cube bit. Shit. 
I'm just going to go ahead and say that every time I said ice cube, I meant iced tea because I'm real, real good at this. And I guess I'm just physically unable to get past ice. Just say iced tea a couple different ways. I'll edit it in. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> but yeah, so we have Kai just going ham on Tucker and convincing him that he's in purgatory and he needs to trust her and that his son is a demon, which is, oh, that's got to be heartbreaking for Junior. And that if he's going to get out, he needs to trust her. And that turns to him going around and confessing his sins to the other reds and blues. And then going to Donut, who is 100% done with this shit, interrupts him and rattles off the whole, oh yeah, you did a time paradox and tried to save Wash and now you need this and now I'm trying to help you, da 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 And wakes up not only Tucker, but Doc in the background whom we missed seeing the bzzz on his helmet the first time around because Tucker's in the foreground and we had to go back and rewind and watch it again and be like, oh no, he is alive. Oh no, that isn't just Gankins pretending to be him so he can go along with the crowd and be a mole. He actually did live. Huh. Talking about Tucker uh, thinking he's a specter and wanting to make peace with everyone. About 10 years ago, I think, there was an episode of South Park where because all of his friends were ignoring him, Cartman thought he was a ghost and was doing that exact same thing. So I would have gladly watched an entire episode of Tucker digging himself into a hole as he makes these confessions to his friend thinking he's a ghost. I would have absolutely adored that. And this was back when they still believed <laughs> that Church was a ghost. So that totally would have lined up. Oh, that would have been so funny. Um but as far as the doc stuff goes, yeah, completely missed the the first time around. But I am so, so glad. <laughs> I This is a combination of like, I'm glad he's alive. On the one hand, um, I do feel like our stakes discussion from the last episode is still relevant, if you want to make that point. But... More than anything, I just feel relief because we had such a problem with the way his quote-unquote death was executed. Like, it didn't look like it would be a fatal sort of thing for a character that big. And so we had a huge issue with it. So seeing that he actually was alive and is now awake, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm so, so happy. Um... What I worry about, though, is now that he's been made aware, I'm like, oh, is he in the driver's seat? Or is it O'Malley laying low and playing his cards right? Um, although I tend to think it is him. I tend to think it is Doc in control. Um, because what we get right after he wakes up is this kind of moment of not necessarily reconciliation with him and Donut, but it kind of comes off as like two boys who got into a scuffle who instead of saying sorry you know doc just goes yeah that was so cool <laughs> like that's how this read to me i love that both of us went for completely different betrayal conspiracy theories based on whether or not doc was dead or alive where i'm like it's totally gankins in the driver's seat and then no it can't be so then it's totally o'malley in the driver's <laughs> seat like I love that we both went there from different directions. Like, that is great. 
And yeah, we have Doc just unironically, completely sincere, complimenting Donut. Yeah, that was a great fight. You did a great job. That was a lot of fun. And Donut, who is currently being put on trial for treason, despite the fact that he's turned around and saved them all, which is something Wash keeps pointing out, is not having a great time. And this is what convinces him to go on the offensive. And I really appreciate that. So then we have Donut coming out in front of everyone and just listen up, everyone, and reading them the riot act about just because I'm the one in pink armor, you don't take me seriously, straight up owning the whole pink thing in the middle of it. <laughs> and yeah, I did everything I could. I tried to help you and then you try to execute me. No, no, we're voting to execute you, Sarge. Sarge, that's not helping. And ending with how his biggest mistake in trusting Krovos was that he thought someone could like him. It's like, oh, this is this this season's been really good at making donut-sized holes in our hearts. Yikes. <laughs> Just sister, woof. <laughs> Which is a good way to summarize that. So, I very much appreciate that we finally finally had Donut saying enough is enough and I will teach you how to time travel and then I am out and you can get someone else to help you and this leads to my favorite line delivery of the episode which is him walking out stopping turning back to them and just yelling pink and I scared the cat there hi and then leaving and I just absolutely adored that like this has been so long in coming Especially with the immediate wash looking at everyone and going, you're going to follow him and you're going to apologize right now. Like, this was all just great. Yeah, this, first of all, it took, what is this, season 16? 17. <laughs> 17. It took 16, 17 seasons for him to finally own it. And it's been a long time coming. This whole, this whole monologue has been a long time coming. Um, and I'll be honest, even just a couple seasons ago, I never thought Donut, of all people, would be the character that could take my heart and throw it on the ground and shatter it into a million pieces. But several times already this season, Donut has broken my heart and him saying that believing somebody could like him was his biggest, was his one mistake, that... Oh, that was utterly devastating. Um, because yeah, he is—he is a forgotten character. He's overlooked. He's the butt of so many jokes. So, it's just that you know, kid who's constantly bullied, who, you know, just finally got the chance to think that somebody appreciated him when in fact it was all just another big joke at his expense. Someone was gonna take him to prom and then dump some pink blood on him. And that's how Donut murdered everyone. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, poor baby. But uh, I, I love that we had this. And one of the new writers this season, I believe it was Jason, tweeted out that he was essentially very proud of ruining Donut for anyone who wrote Red versus Blue after him. Because you can't just go back and make the same double entendres and things have changed. And I love that. Which is awesome. And I think that's a great, 
I think that's a great mark for any writer on any given show. It's like, ha, I have defined a particular character for everything moving forward. Good luck, anybody else who comes after me who wants to make a joke at this character's expense. Um, I think that's really cool. I also really appreciate how uh, Jason tweeted out that people have been sliding into his DMs on Instagram and trying to bribe him to make Grimmins canon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I didn't know that. Have they really? <laughs> Yes, they have. (laughs) You tweeted about it. It's pretty fantastic. I can't say I don't find that funny, but you gotta stop. Come on, guys. Your ship doesn't have to be canon for it to be valid. That's very true. And also, we all already know Grimmins is canon. Guys, (laughs) come on. It doesn't have to be explicit. It's just, you know, it's there. It's a nice little thing. So, yeah, no, seriously, though, like, it's funny hearing about it. Like, hey, maybe we can roll the new guy. But stop it, guys. It, it, it doesn't have to be canon for you to ship it. It doesn't have to be canon for it to be valid. Just enjoy the ride. And we say this is two people who ship two very different things, both involving the same character. So shrug. Uh, speaking of, uh, Car Wash totally won that poll, by the way. <laughs> by how much? 87%. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I don't, that doesn't exactly make Tuckington a rare pair, mind you. <laughs> I'm just telling you the results of the poll. Car Wash for the win, everyone. <laughs> no, my ship is better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we fit. This isn't car wash territory so much as it is train wreck territory. And what ship name is that? Locus and Felix. Oh! <laughs> and all the low like shippers out there are like, I will cut you. And I'm like, ooh, I'd love to see you try. Oh, and then our ships fight each other. Because we have Lolix and Tuckington. Uh, and Car Wash. That'd be a brawl for the ages. We've seen it several times. This really has hit train wreck territory. So I think, unless there's something else we want to bring up, I, I do want to bring up the Sarge line about this slice of pink butt cake has been out for too long. He's <laughs> gone stale. I love it. That's a really solid line. Um, I think the important thing, just because we were talking about Washington... Uh, The important thing is that this entire monologue gets wrapped up and like a disappointed dad, Washington turns to all the reds and blues and goes, you are all going after him and you are all apologizing and we, this road trip is not continuing. It's literally dad pulling over to the side of the road and saying, apologize to your brother. We are not (laughs) resuming this car trip until you apologize to your brother. I will turn this paradox around. <laughs> so help me, Krovos. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, Wash being disappointed dad is just... Wash being dad at all is just one of my favorite things. Because it's like, oh, honey, I love it. I love it so much. Here are your ridiculous grown-ass children. I love when our... When angsty, brooding badass characters as you know agent washington was introduced to us i love and carolina oh yeah for sure i love when those characters 
soften up around the edges and become parental figures. And that's exactly what Agent Washington has done. He has become team dad and Agent Carolina has become team mom. Hashtag car wash for life. Um, (laughs) And so it's great whenever we get moments like this. That's a trope we like to call found family. And it is one of my favorites. (laughs) I say is I just lie here and cry for a while about it. Yeah, no, found family. It's a good thing. Um, yeah. Is there anything else we need to touch on? Uh, I think that covers it for this episode. Uh, if we want to ta- start talking about predictions. Once again, I don't have any. <laughs> like, this show is so good at being like, here's this chunk of stuff. You don't have any idea what's coming in the next chunk of stuff, but here's this chunk of stuff. I mean, I already called that Huggins was coming back, although I failed to call although the uh, she's going to come back with the time portal gun was incorrect on my part. But still, that was my big that was my big galaxy brain prediction, and it kind of came true. So I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I think prediction wise, uh, what I'm interested, I think the immediate aftermath of this moment is going to be, of course, the Reds and Blues apology. And what I wonder is if these characters can muster up a sincere enough apology to make it up to Donut. I think Carolina is capable, and I think if she's leading the charge, she can probably get everyone else to follow pretty well. I think Sarge is going to be the worst offender here. Per usual, really. Because even in a world where a paradox has ripped over open time and space non-apologies are the worst thing in the universe (laughs) signed (laughs) um but uh that's the immediate uh but you know everyone's feelings aside genkins is still out there and caboose is still on his own so that's going to be an issue and we also have no idea what the crovos wall looks like at this point it's probably pretty bad given all of the user-caused paradoxes happening right now. So, I don't know, but I get the feeling that we are going to go back into emotionally painful territory sometime soon, because remember that the solution was, even after Wash got shot, to stop them from traveling in time. So at some point, we're going to wind up back at that point in time, and it's going to suck. I'm just wondering if Caboose and Huggins kind of being their own group at the moment, if that's going to, they're basically going to apply some super glue (laughs) to the universe to repair the cracks that, um, that have been put into Krovos's barrier. Universe glue. Glooniverse. I can't think of a better one, so yeah, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Hashtag Glooniverse. All right. Well, I think that's about all we have this time around. Megan, where can the people find you? You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I also do a Lost Retrospective podcast, if you want to hear more about Limbo, <laughs> in about five years, uh, where my co-host Will Link uh, loves Lost, and I don't. And we watch episodes and talk about them. So be sure to check those out. And I'm Katie. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaget. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on a podcast. It is an Overwatch and Overwatch League podcast called On The Point. 
Uh, most recently, we've talked about the Storm Rising event, the longest game of Overwatch in history. Dear God, why did it go to eight rounds on King's Row? And general trades, just general trades. It's a good time. If you like reaction videos to Rooster Teeth things, they also live on that aforementioned YouTube channel. So good times and great oldies. Check out all of those wonderful things. If you like this, if you want to support us, if you want to check out the other podcast that Rooster Team Radio does, head over to anchor.fm slash the Rooster Team and check out all of our fun stuff. If you have watched Genlock, we have a Genlock podcast called Gen Lockdown. We do Ruby, we do Camp Camp, we've got a few other things coming down the line. And of course, that is where our Welcome to Vale podcast, which is our Ruby and Night Vale mashup, also lives. And that is a very very fun time so anchor.fm slash the rooster team check that out it's team with an m um you can also find us on twitter at the rooster team t public the rooster team youtube the rooster team you can probably see a pattern going on here and you can support us in all of those places also, supporting our sponsor supports us, so head over to fredsbs.com, that's F-R-E-D-S-B-S dot com, and use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM, team with an M, for 20% off your entire order. Thank you guys so much for listening. We had an absolute blast with this one, and we'll see you in the Everwen. Mm-hmm.